Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode 88, reviewing everything round 15. A full slate of matches today. No postponed or rescheduled matches. So we have the whole lot to break down. Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Matt. Uh, like you mentioned there, a full round of matches across all the competitions uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks. So, you know, it'll be good to break down more matches than what we normally do and talk about the results and whatnot and what they mean for each league respectively. We've obviously had matches over the past few weeks get rescheduled or cancelled for different reasons, but it was different this past weekend. Obviously, things going back to normal, uh, matches being played across all the uh, competition uh, full fixture lists. So keen to get into it and break it down with you, Matt. And we will kick it off as always with MPL and we kick it off with the first match of the round, which was at Melrose Synthetic West Canberra Wanderers against Canberra Olympic. 3-1 victory for Olympic here. Olympic opened the scoring as Flores ran in the box, went for a cross that was deflected off the Wanderers defender, which Popovich Either he was going for a shot or he squared it for James. Regardless, the ball went for James and he put it in the back of the net. That was 19 minutes into the first stanza. Wanderers did not buckle, though, and responded very well to going um, a goal down early with a goal of their own seven minutes later. A massive, massive goal kick from Philip Teleski. One of the biggest goal kicks, longest ones I've seen so far this year. Well over the halfway line. Found Harry Truman. He got on the end of it. Ended up headering it to Patrick Shaw, who would uh, go off and finish off that piece of play to make it 1-1. Olympic took the lead 12 minutes later to close out the half for Olympic and have that momentum heading into that second half. Alan James squared it for Nick Popovich, who proceeded to dribble into the box, sort of weaved in and out of uh, some defenders trying to go for the tackle. It might have bubbled a bit. Uh, before Popovich finished it off. Uh, very well fought here by Popovich and well done because it wouldn't have been hard with the uh, you know few defenders trying to take the ball off him and the ball bobbling and whatnot. So well taken there by him. And the only goal of the second half came via a penalty kick, uh, which Smith finished off in the 89th minute. The play that led to it was a, a big goal kick. Uh, another big goal kick across... Halfway, fell to uh, Tom Cosentini, who neatly backheeled it to Alan James, who laid it off to uh, uh, Xavier Davies. Apologies if I didn't pronounce that uh, first name correctly. And who, uh, in turn, cut inside the box. And it looked like, to me, Daniel Grove sort of swung in for the challenge. Obviously, he was going for the ball, but uh, the ball was a little further ahead and he just collected Davies there. And uh, it was called for a penalty. Another tough loss for the Wanderers, but they fought you know, hard in this one early on, responded well to going a, a goal down early. Uh, but Olympic went through and uh, got the victory in the end. And let's not forget midweek as well. Unfortunately for the Wanderers, they lost that crucial midweek tie to Tuggeranong. So their survival after that is seemingly unlikely unless there's a, a quick turnaround. So they need to make up eight points. Um, in six matches and they also need Tuggies to make sure that they, they also need to make sure somehow that Tuggies don't pick up points as well. So it's not just up to their own performances. So survival for West Canberra 
again, seems unlikely unless there's some sort of a miracle turnaround. And in terms of Olympic, though, that's two wins now on the trot, Michael, uh, at a crucial time for them. They did have that patch where they didn't get a win, was it in four or five games? And I think it was six as well, if you include the um, Oz Cup qualifying final against Croatia. But they've turned that around, gotten two wins on the trot. And as I said, crucial time because Monaro and Gungalan and Noki on the door just behind them. Uh, and they both got wins as well this weekend. So they needed this one. And this win also means that, 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 that they are now back tied second with Tigers on 29 points. But Tigers do have the edge on goal difference. So quite a lot there for that one, Michael. And uh, two of those teams I just mentioned there, one tied with, with uh, Olympic at the moment and the other not far behind. Uh, what was this match on uh, Saturday night? So Saturday night, we were treated to Monaro Panthers against Tigers FC. Huge win for Monaro, 1-0, thanks to McLaren's goal in the 34th minute. So, Matt, it was a huge victory for Monaro in this encounter. You know, it took a moment of magic from McLaren to chip the goalkeeper from a very, very long way out to make it 1-0 to Monaro in this contest. You know, both sides certainly had their chances uh, at different stages is the in the game as you know, Tigers obviously looked to get back into it, having gone behind, but it just wasn't meant to be for them. And, you know, a couple of other notes uh, from the match, you know, Nikos Kalfas uh, was stretched off as he uh, twisted his knee. So hopefully a speedy recovery from him and hopefully it's nothing too dangerous or serious on that front. Geno uh, Soretti uh, came off with a head injury. So hopefully a speedy recovery uh for him as well as Kalfas. And, you know, we had Emilio Kishta given a yellow uh, and then a straight red according to Dribble. So after sort of looking at the footage of the match, it seems like it must have, you know, he, he must have said something to the referee in that instance, not sort of sure how long he'll be out for or how much time he'll miss. Huge positive for Manara, nevertheless, to hold on to all three points while also keeping the Tigers out in this contest, Matt, which has been hard for teams to do throughout the season, given the attacking quality that Tigers do possess. You know, on a side note, though, as announced on Facebook by Monaro, best of luck to Connor Minot-Smith, who is trialling with the Western Sydney Wanderers very, very soon. And congratulations to Gabe Cole, who signed with Bury United in England. So a couple of, you know, very good stories coming out of Monaro Football Club. And that's uh, fantastic for them to have two players like that, that we've watched over the years, Matt, and seeing them getting an opportunity elsewhere to sort of continue and develop their careers is great to see. So wishing Connor and Gabe the best of luck moving forward. With yeah, their- talking about that, did you see the um, post Barry United did for Gabe Cole? They did the whole yeah, the Neighbours intro yeah. and they had the picture of him at the end. Yeah, yeah I remember Neighbours is actually, it's huge. In, well, I'm not sure if it's still running already, but it was huge in England as well. Uh, so yep. uh, that was uh, pretty it's neat. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, very- I, saw, I saw Ian Worthington post that and then I went on the Barry page and saw it. So uh, yeah. very nice stuff there and... Uh, Congrats to him and uh, obviously good luck as well to Minot Smith with that trial for Western Sydney Wanderers um, this week. 
Absolutely. Uh, Matt, who have we got next up? It was the Chavapi derby, as the infamous Russ Gibbs likes to call it, and it certainly didn't disappoint. It went down to literally the last, you know, minute uh, of the game, the last instance of the game. Yeah, it was a dramatic derby, to say the least. It was, uh, despite O'Connor's very, very good form heading into this one, it was Croatia that got off to the perfect start as they opened the scoring in the first four minutes. Uh, Daniel Cobertaldo put a good free kick into the box, which Dominici headed for... Um, oh, sorry, not free kick, uh, corner. Um, into the box, which Dominici headed in for Keir to tap home the finish. Uh, Croatia doubled their lead heading into halftime as Spazeski put a great ball over the top uh, out wide for Cobertaldo, who dinked a neat ball into the box and attempted a clearance which fell to Dominici, who smacked home the finish. In the early stages of the second stanza, Fakedi Manda, I believe it was, opened, um, which uh, uh, hit a header, which um, hit the crossbar. So O'Connor very close to op- uh, to getting their first goal of the match early in that second half. O'Connor did end up scoring, though, as they halved the deficit with Isosa Rahegi as he received the ball in the box, turned his marker and placed it into the bottom corner. Nice goal here. Five minutes later, Lachlan Fields was sent off with a straight red. Marco Gaia, from the footage, it looked Marco Gaia went for a run. And at this point, I think I believe he was um Fields was the last man, came in with a sliding challenge and the ref and the ref deemed that a red card. Uh, despite the numerical disadvantage, though, O'Connor leveled the scoring uh like Michael mentioned, in dramatic fashion, deep into stoppage time, 98th minute, Regan Walsh from the free kick struck a low one around the wall. He also caught the uh, keeper um, off his positioning there as well to get that late equaliser. And also, it has to be mentioned as well, every time we've sort of seen this this season, the team with a numerical um, disadvantage ends up sort of having some sort of comeback, whether it's for a win or a draw. Um, obviously, it hasn't happened every time, but we've seen it probably more times than not. And this was another one in this instance for O'Connor. Overall, though, Croatia will be disappointed to drop points here for a couple of reasons. Firstly, uh, they unnerved O'Connor in that first stanza. They had the way they were playing, didn't have O'Connor playing their their regular game that we've seen over the past, what, seven or eight matches, or even probably beyond that as well. Uh, so they had a really, really strong first half. And secondly, this still leaves them in sixth. However, they are now they're five points behind Minara in fifth, and they're seven points behind Gingarland in fourth. So that is a lot to make up in the space of six games. And they're also going to need uh, the other teams to also not pick up points as well. So it's becoming sort of, it's sort of slipping away from them now, Croatia, that top four. So we'll ha- wait and see how this develops, but not the position they want to be in. So the win for them today uh, on Saturday would have been crucial. So they will be disappointed with the outcome of that draw. O'Connor, on the other hand, great comeback from them. Picked up well in the second half. And of course, that comeback after being a man down. And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, these are the sort of results that are crucial when it comes to fighting for a title or fighting for the top four or whatever the situation is in 
in O'Connor's case, is fighting for the title. And O'Connor's uh, win streak does come to an end. However, their undefeated streak doesn't as they now go eight matches unbeaten. And this draw still leaves them in first place as well with a four-point lead over Tigers and Olympic, who are tied in second, as we mentioned just a little earlier. There was only one more match on offering today, Michael, and that is one of the teams that Croatia is trying to chase and get to who are in fourth place. Who was the team that got the victory on Sunday? It was Gongolan United away from home. They got the win, Matt, against Togonong United. So 3-1, Max Green with two, and George Timotheo on the score sheet, Matt. The right uh, Timotheo uh, this time, may I add. Uh, and and, and, and when Anthony posted that on the comment, really funny at the time as well, who would have known that George was actually just going to come to the club only a couple months later? <laughs> I'm telling you, I could see the future. That's 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 the whole reason I did it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But nevertheless, Gung Island, you know, they maintained their status inside the top four with uh with a good win away from home, Matt, a comfortable win away from home. It was brilliant work from Max Green, who opened the scoring for Gung Island after some nice skill to create some space from the defender before finding the bottom corner of the net to make it one nil after thirty-five minutes. Uh George Timotheo scored his first goal uh, for Gunners since arriving a few weeks back uh, with a nice left-footed finish from outside the box to make it 2-0 after 67 minutes of play. So just went to show that Togodong were certainly in this match, Matt, even though they went one behind. But you felt as soon as that second goal went in that things were going to be a little bit difficult for them in terms of trying to get any sort of result out of the game. And, you know, 10 minutes later after Timotheo had scored to make it 2-0, Green scored his second goal of the game to make it 3-0 after Jeremy Habdemerium slipped him through to score one-on-one past the goalkeeper. Tuggenong, though, they got a consolation goal, Matt, from the penalty spot, thanks to McKenney to make it 3-1, but that's how this contest would end. So, obviously, Tuggenong United are still, you could sort of say, safely in second-last position on the table. And like I mentioned at the top, Gungahlin United still keep their status and position alive inside the top four. So still a lot to play for, for, you know, either side, obviously for Gungahlin, you're looking at finals football to cement that and for Tuggeron United, just ensuring they do everything they can to avoid relegation back to CPL for next season. Matt, do you want to get into the round 16 fixtures? We've got some really good games uh, coming up this weekend in NPL. All right. First up, we have Tigers FC against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, July 29th, 3 p.m. at AS Grassfield 2. Then we have Olympic against O'Connor Knights, the uh, the barbecue derby, as it's been dubbed, Saturday, July 29th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Then we have Tuggeron United against Canberra Croatia, Saturday, July 29th, 5 p.m. at Canberra 201. And then Monaro Panthers against Gungahlin United, Saturday, July 29th, 5.45 p.m. at Riverside. So Super Saturday there uh, with some Ivo matches and some night matches. So plenty to check out in the MPL. All right, let's move on to MPLW now. Let's start with West Canberra Wanderers against Tuggeron United. 1-1, this one ended. Tuggies began the match quite strongly as they opened the scoring eight minutes into this match. Nice passing from Tuggies to advance up the field 
and eventually ended with Zoe Terry cracking a tremendous um, strike, sort of a half volley from just outside the box, causing the keeper to not fully get a touch on it, and it went in the back of the net. Great strike there. Uh, The only other goal of the match came in the 55th minute as a corner was crossed in, and there was a bit of a scramble for the ball before Alice Jensen got the crucial touch to put it in the back of the net to level things up for the Wanderers 1-1, and it would end so. Tough draw for Tuggies to um, take, considering that the lead they took early on, and also considering if they won this match, they would have leapfrogged Wanderers off the bottom of the table into seventh place and two points clear of them. So a draw means things stay as they are at the bottom of the table for both sides. And considering what I just said there, Wanderers would presumably presumably be the happier of the two sides uh, with with that comeback goal and the draw ultimately since they do remain seventh as things stand. But very close is those standings at the bottom of the table. All right, Michael, next up we have CUA with a a big win there against ANUW and what seemed like a pretty close match. Yeah, it was very close by all accounts, Matt. Uh, McQueenie got on the score sheet for CUA in this one, which ultimately proved to be the difference maker in this game. It was a sensational strike from her, which proved to be the difference. It was well taken, a strike from very well uh, sort of outside the box, slammed into the back of the net. So it was a very nice goal for her and for CUA, as it meant they claimed all three points in this one. You know, ANUW, they lose, you know, yet another close encounter, Matt, which has proved to be quite the theme so far this season. But it just goes to show how good of a side they actually are and how they fit right in in this MPLW competition. They've been close so many times. They've had some really, really good games and positive results, but they've also been on the end of some very tough small margin type losses. So still plenty of positives for them to concentrate on, I feel, and and keep their heads up for most certainly because it's been a positive season nevertheless for them. Uh, for, for CUA, it means they remain fifth within touching distance of the top format while ANUW remain in sixth position in the league table. So they've just got to keep their heads high and move on to next week do ANUW and for Canberra United Academy, like I said, it's an important win for them. It sort of keeps them within striking distance of the top four. And they've certainly been an impressive outfit this season, even though they're not inside the top four, they're very close. And it's even more impressive considering the age or the average age of that squad playing in a competition like this. So Matty Moore, I'm sure would be very proud of that performance and that result in particular as they, you know, will look to fight to the very end to try and get a top four finish. Uh, Matt, next up, we had another game that was only decided by one goal. It was two heavyweights going at it, and it was the away team that managed to get three points. Yeah, it was a really interesting match there. I was there commentating this one at Deakin. Great close back and forth uh, matches we've accustomed to seeing from uh, these two, the first big chance of the match um, fell to Croatia as a ball was squared across for Sienna Burney, who missed 
uh, the target. A minute or so later, or maybe a couple minutes later, Olympic struck for what was ultimately uh, the only goal of the match. Olivia Gurney won the ball on the left wing from Nicholson. Uh, good pressuring there and dribbled down the line, cut inside and hit a precise shot for the near post. Really, really nice uh, work goal here. Uh, go check that one out on Bar TV. Another close uh, chance for a memory in this matchup came via Olympic as Nicole Jolocker did a 1-2 with Gurney and she struck a shot which Lincoln's save sort of hit the crossbar. Croatia did have some other chances as well in this one. As it got sort of that to that final, what, 15 or so, 10 minutes in the matchup, they just couldn't get out of their half. Olympic sort of had control of the ball and uh, it was a lot of back and forth as well. And there was a bit of frustration from Croatia at the end there as they couldn't get that final goal, even when they were in the other side of the pitch. Uh, what this does mean, though, for the head-to-head, because we have mentioned that Croatia and Olympic have already played each other five times this season, and we're not even at the end of the season. So it's three wins for Olympic, one draw, and one win for Croatia. This also includes the Charity Shield and the Federation Cup. So an interesting dynamic to um, keep in mind there as we head into the final series. If these two sides play each other, I'm sure they will be in the finals, but what I mean by that is they could be on either sides of the draw. Um, when that final series comes. As I mentioned before, tough loss for Croatia, probably leaving them uh, frustrated as as it does leave them tied with Olympic now at the top of the table. Yeah, with 32 points each. However, Olympic does have the edge now on goal difference with plus two. And just before that one, they were tied on goal difference. So like we mentioned, goal difference will come become very crucial by the end of the season. Good win from Olympic here as well, heading into this one. Also, Croatia, forgot to mention as well, still obviously no Charlie Mitchell, as I believe she's out with an injury. I could be wrong there. And Michaela Thornton, uh, but she wasn't on the pitch as she hurt her foot uh, in last week's match, I believe. Don't think it's a long-term injury, though. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Hopefully, it is a swift recovery for her there. And as mentioned before, this puts them... Uh, Olympic that is tied top of the table and they have that edge on goal difference. And let's, and I also forgot to mention, they also have a match in hand. So Olympic have the edge on goal difference and in terms of that. So we're in for an interesting last six matches or so, which we were, but after this match, I think it's a little, probably going to be a little more interesting as well, week by week. And another, the other two sides in this, uh, race played this weekend with uh, Gungahlin getting a big victory, Michael. That's right, Matt. Over Belconi United, maybe a fair few people weren't expecting this type of result given how well Belconi United have been playing this season. But nevertheless, Gungahlin United showed their class, Matt, in this one. 1-0 victory with Chow with the goal in this contest. Uh, this was Belconin's, you know, first match in a couple of weeks, we have to mention, uh, due to some of the rescheduled fixtures and the only goal of the game was scored at the 17th minute with a confident finish inside the box from Chow. So it was a great goal to say the least. You know, they were unlucky not to have two goals in this game, Matt, after striking the post from a header from a resulting corner. So, you know, they could have easily extended their lead beyond just the one nil result, but the post prevented them from doing that. And like I said, another good 
Uh, well, like I said, sorry, earlier in the MPL segment with Tigers and how they're normally a hard team to keep out. It's the exact same for Belcon United in MPLW, and that's what Gungahlin managed to do. They managed to keep a clean sheet, which is very difficult to do against a quality side like Belconnen United in MPLW. But nevertheless, the result means that Gunners have now defeated Belco twice in a row in the league, Matt. So they sort of have their number this season, despite how well Belconnen United have been playing this season. Uh, Gungahlin, they remain in fourth place, while Belco are third in the league table with two matches in hand. So those are two crucial games in hand that they have in terms of seeing if that will bump them back up towards the top or top of the MPLW ladder. Matt, do you want to get into our round 16 fixtures for MPLW this weekend? Yeah, and the big one is at McKellar Park, Belconnen United against Canberra Olympic. First v. third, Saturday, July 29th, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Then next up, Canberra Croatia against the CUA, Sunday, July 30th, 2.30 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. Then we have Tuggeron United against ANUW, Sunday, July 30th, 3 p.m. at Canberra, 201. And Gangalin United against West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, July 30th, 3 p.m. at Gangalin Enclosed. Some interesting matches to look forward to there in MPLW. Michael, let's get... Uh, let's get started on CPL. And I mentioned McKellar Park just before there. It was a big victory for Belconnen United in the CPL at McKellar Park. Yeah, it was, Matt. A crucial 1-0 win. Courtesy of Ray's goal in the 70th minute against Wagga City Wanderers. So they took a crucial leap for their top four aspirations, Matt, as they won a crucial three points in this hard-fought game at McKellar Park. Like I said, it was Ray who scored the only goal of the game in the 70th minute in the game. You know, this is his fourth goal since joining Belco in the mid-season transfer market, so it sort of goes to show just how much of an impact he has been since arriving in the mid-season. And David McCarron was sent off for Belconnen just before the end of the match, so he will miss the next game against Canberra-Juventus. The loss for Wagga could prove to be a crucial one for their promotion aspirations, Matt, as they are now 12 points adrift from Yulgali in first, despite the match in hand with seven matches remaining for them. You know, there's still only just three points off Queanbeyan in second, who will have uh, to play catch-up, a catch-up match with each other, sorry. And as as mentioned at the top of the review, you know, this is a crucial win for Belconnen as they're now just one point off ANU in fourth place. So, you know, they've also put a little bit of breathing room between themselves and Brindis by two points. So it just goes to show just how tight things are in the CPL ladder. But nevertheless, that was a huge win for Belconnen United. We know it hasn't been the season that they were hoping for, but nevertheless, it was a great win for them to try and get themselves back in the top four picture and for Wagga City, it makes their quest to gain possible promotion even harder now with that points gap opening up even more with the league leaders, Yulgali. Matt, 
Who do we have next up? Another crucial result that favoured the table toppers, Yulgali. Yeah, it was, and it was a one-one draw between the Brindies and Queanbeyan City. Uh, they got off. Brindies got off to a flyer as they opened the scoring in the first three minutes of this contest via Henry Wilkes. Three minutes before halftime, Queanbeyan struck back to level the contest going into the halftime break. The se- second half did not see any more goals scored. However, considering it is was Brindies against Queanbeyan, you can guarantee it would have been a tight and hard-fought contest. Between both those sides, always competitive matches there. The draw for Brindies means that they drop to sixth place. Only two points, though, behind Belco and three points behind ANU in fourth. So still a bit of work for Brindies to do there to crack that top four as we uh, have just kicked off the final third of the season. Queenbeat, on, uh, on the other hand, lost what could have been a crucial chance to continue that pace with Ugali. Um, because this draw, uh, remember, they do have that uh, match in hand, Queenbian also. However, due to this draw, they do drop two nine points adrift of Ugali. Uh, again, still with that match in hand, but if they got the win here and then were possibly able to get uh, some more points in that catch-up match, granted it's against Wagga and obviously Wagga at home, very, very strong, but it would have, uh, you know, bowed better for them uh, then dropping points here. So we'll have to wait and see how this one plays out. Obviously, Queenie still in the race, but at the at the moment, Ugali, it doesn't look... Uh, it looks like it's going to be very, very tough to stop them. So we'll just... Again, we'll just have to wait and see. There's still, what, six or so rounds, seven for Queenie and Wagga remaining. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And Michael, with the bottom of the table clash, uh, Juventus and White Eagles seem to uh, have quite a lot on the line here. Yeah, a lot on the line, Matt. And, you know, Canberra Juventus were so, so close to getting a valuable victory in this game when you consider the context of where both of these teams are on the table. It was 2-2 in this game. Novacell and Ramadan on the score sheet for Canberra Juventus. And for Eagles, it was Hickman and Ashikia on the score sheet for the visitors. Hickman opened the scoring for a determined Eagles to try a leapfrog Juventus match, so they took the lead after 27 minutes. But Juve were not backing down despite conceding the first goal, as I just mentioned, and they leveled the scoring nine minutes later via Luca Novosel. So it was 1-1 heading into the halftime break. Juve continued their moment- momentum as they began the second half as Ramadan put them in to the lead two minutes into the second stanza. So just exactly the sort of start that they wanted to start the second period. When it looked like Juve were going to pick up all three crucial points, Matt, like I sort of mentioned, they were very, very close. White Eagles broke their spirits with that goal right before the end of the game. Thanks to Ohio Asekia to level the game at 2-2. You know, it would have been tough for Juventus to accept a draw after being so close to breaking away from Eagles by four points, Matt. So this draw means that they still have the advantage over Eagles, but it's only by one point. So it goes to show just how important that last-minute equaliser was for Canberra White Eagles, who were desperately looking to avoid relegation. And, you know, they managed to avoid defeat in such dramatic fashion with that last-minute goal, and it means... They're obviously still within touching distance of Juventus, so it's going to come right down to the wire 
between those two sides as we head into the final weeks of the season with still a decent amount of football to be played, of course. Matt, we'll move on now to our last match of CPL action. And I mean, what a win for Yulgali in this one over ANU. You know, we could have predicted a win for Yulgali given how good they've played this season. But by this scoreline that you're about to get into, Matt, maybe not what we were expecting. No, I mean, obviously, Ugali at home, they've won every match and they've won this one as well. Their loss came away from home. All their losses this season have come away from home uh, in that regard. So they definitely would have been the favourites coming into it, but for such a scoreline as well. Um, again, very impressive from Ugali. In this one, 5-0 victors against ANU and they open the scoring with two goals in the opening 17 minutes, courtesy of a Darren Bailey brace. The first was facilitated by a big throw-in to Joe Priest, who put a tantalizing through ball between the ANU defense for Bailey to run onto and place it past the keeper. Mason Donadell neatly tricked his marker and put in a cross, which was struck by Bailey, and the keeper sort of fumbled it between his legs and it went past for the goal. These are Bailey's 14th and 15th goals of the CPL campaign, respectively, extending his lead at the top of the scoring charts by three goals. So what a season, return season, Bailey's having back in Griffith. Ugali began the second half as they did the first and extended their lead to 3-0, seven minutes in as Jan Wonia was credited with an own goal uh, for ANU for this one. After an assist already in this game, Joe Priest hit the score sheet in the 62nd minute, it was a quick counter, uh, which was struck, which ended with Bailey squaring it across a uh, goal for Priest to hit the final shot. Josh DeRossi put the final nail in the ANU coffin as ANU played the ball out from the back and um, Ugali took possession high up the pitch and scored. And this is Josh DeRossi's 11th goal of the season. Uh when he scored this one, and he's another one that's having a fantastic season for Ugali. Tough away trip for ANU. Uh, it's always going to be tough traveling to Griffith, especially with a team like Ugali in this form. However, this loss does mean that they only lead Belco by one point now and Brindy's by three. Uh, they still remain in fourth, however, for ANU. Uh, a bit more work to do as well uh, if they want to keep that fourth spot. Ugali, on the other hand, bounced back very strongly from their first defeat in 10 matches last week. And they do so by continuing their winning uh, streak alive at home. They've won every match at Solomon Stadium, as I mentioned before. So very impressive stuff from them. They extend their lead over Queenbean by nine points now, which, as I mentioned also before, Queenbean still have that match in hand. However, with only six matches left in the season, it looks more and more likely that Ugali will be making their away trips next season in the first flight of Canberra football. So we'll have to wait and see. Michael, we've just broken down a lot of CPL there with quite a few storylines heading into this weekend. What are going to be the matches this weekend? First thing, first, Matt, we've got Queanbeyan City up against Ugali, Saturday, July 29th, 1.30pm at High Street. We then have Canberra Juventus up against Belconnen United Saturday, July 29th, 3 p.m. at Ainsley Field 2. 
White Eagles will play Brindabella Blues Saturday, July 29th, 3 p.m. at Ipen Park in Corwell. And then we have ANU FC against Wagga City Wanderers Saturday, July 29th, 3.15 p.m. at ANU South Oval. So some really good games to look forward to, Matt, in CPL football. And can't wait to break it all down on the next show. Yeah, it should be good. Any last words, Michael, before we uh, head off? Enjoying the uh, Women's World Cup as well. Crowds have been great and um, Australia got a win as well, which is obviously important. Uh, let's see how they go do moving forward. Yeah, that's right, Matt. They, it was great to see the huge turnout for their first group match uh, against Ireland. It was probably not the performance that they were hoping for in terms of, you know, what they were what they sort of displayed on the pitch. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Uh, but nevertheless, I think what's most important is that they came away with a victory, albeit they scored from the penalty spot. Yes, they didn't play to what they had hoped, but they got the win and that's what's most important. And it's obviously, it, it makes it so much better and it makes it a lot more, you know, monumental, the fact that, they were able to do it in front of such a big home crowd that they're going to try and use as a 12th man as much as they can throughout the whole tournament. So now that they've got that win, uh, it'll hopefully put them in good stead for the rest of the tournament. And obviously it has to be said as well that the absence of Sam Kerr is, is huge as well. And you can see, I mean, you could evidently see how much they were missing her out on the field. So you've got to hope that she'll be back after the second group game so she's obviously out for the first two group matches so we'll wait and see with what happens to not only her individually with her injury but just the Matildas in general as well hopefully they can uh, have a successful campaign indeed and uh, the draw as well between Nigeria and Canada also helps things as well so if they yeah so if they get a win against Nigeria that's pretty much secures them um, in in the next round. So that's always a positive as well. So everybody enjoy uh, the uh, next week or so of the uh, Women's World Cup. And as always, enjoy the local football and have a great weekend, everybody.